what is up everybody my name is brandon first aka first report representing the esbc gambling podcast network it is sunday may 31st 2020 and uh here to talk a little baseball with you we had yesterday's podcast breaking down the negotiations between the players union and major league baseball to get baseball back um, before it's too late before we lose it to coronavirus go and check that out um, head to ecosystemsbusinessconcierge.com. Um, wherever you're listening to this podcast, there is a link in the bio, uh, in the episode notes, whatever it is. Um, hit that link. Everything that we've ever done is there. Um, we're tons of content, all kinds of stuff to keep you distracted. And more importantly, get you ready so that when sports do return, we're able to make money off of that. Um, so we're able to turn that you know time into that money because that's what we need to do as we are as we do hit the recession there's no doubt that we are in a recession but this podcast is a recession free zone we are going to make you money um, as long as you follow the rules of our uh, podcast and same thing head to the website and there is a, a write-up about our rules um, one through ten pretty much the ten commandments of betting so check that out um, but today we're here to talk about um, the Padres and how the rule changes are going to affect the betting lines, um, what they're going to have to do with their prospects, and we'll also talk a little uh, Dodgers and Angels baseball um, to finish up the weekend and to also remind you that uh, coming up this week, we're going to have coverage every single day, whether it's um, between the uh, riots or I know myself, I will be back on Wednesday after this podcast with Brandon Lupian and we will break down the top betting stories of the week as we do get you closer to the season um, and get you closer to a time where we can make money um, watching sports and get back to normal, if you will. So with that, we'll dive straight into the Padres. And really the main thing is the betting lines. Obviously coming into the season, the Padres over under win total was 82 and a half. Um, That's pretty much just over 500 baseball, um, pretty much 82. 82 and 80 would be that mark. We're not going to play 162 games. Probably going to play 82. So Vegas will probably come out with a 39 to 41 win total for them. Um, I do think that might be asking a bit much, but I think the rule changes could help get them over that 39, 40, maybe 41 win total. And I've mentioned it in, uh, I believe, last week's podcast talking about the Padres and how the rule changes will affect the Padres. And definitely some of them will negatively affect them. But I do think, in general, these three will be these three rule changes will be the reason the Padres get over that win total. And I think because there's a short season, you're not going to have any innings limits on the young pitchers, whether it's Paddock or if Goran Patino, who we'll talk about momentarily, uh, if they come up, they won't be on any innings limits because we're only going to have an 80-game season or 82-game season. So no one's getting anywhere near 150 innings pitched this year. So we don't have to worry about that. We also, the no fans in attendance, that's big. You don't have to worry about Petco Park being taken over by Dodger and Giants fans like they always are. And the expanded playoffs. It's going to give the Padres more to play for late in the season um, as opposed to where they're only fighting for pretty much two wild card spots. Now they have a chance to fight for four wild card spots. And those September games are going to be more meaningful even if they're still two games out of that wild card spot. If they were in the old system or the old uh, 
um, playoff system, they would be, you know, six games back with four teams to jump. So it gives them a better chance and it gives them something to play for because that's something the Padres struggle with is the minute it seems the season is lost, they go into a tailspin and really go downhill fast. This was a team that was over 500 and feeling good about themselves at the All-Star break and they ended up winning 70 games last year. So when they when when it gets bad, they they fold like a cheap suit. So if they can stay consistent all year and be around um, that last wild card spot, I think it will drive them to at least keep fighting on and it'll allow betters to feel confident betting over the over on the 41. Um, the other betting angle is that we're going to try and take advantage of the live betting and a good bullpen. The one thing we will have to look at though is the Padres are at best a mediocre lineup. Um, I think there will be plenty of unders in store, especially at home, Petco Park. Not so much lately, it's, it's in the early days it was a very pitcher friendly ballpark. It's gotten a little more neutral, but it is still um, a, a pitcher geared ballpark. So we will see unders, but we, we gotta be careful because I think Vegas will under inflate certain lines. I'm looking for Sundays at Petco Park. For whatever reason, the Padres are notoriously better offensively on Sunday day games at Petco. Um, I think we can take advantage of this. I don't know if that carries over. Last year was last year. Two or three, four years ago was two or three or four years ago. But it's been consistent over the years. If it continues this year, I think we can take advantage of that as well. Moving on to the prospects. And the two main ones um, I'm going to focus on are Mackenzie Gore and Luis Patino. They're both top 10 prospects in all of Major League Baseball, and they're, they were expected to make their debuts this year if we were going to play a 162-game season. The expanded rosters are going to be as pretty much you have 50 players you get to choose from every single game. 30 of them dress, and they're able to play that game. 20 of them are in street clothes watching the game in the hotel or at the stadium. I'm not sure how that goes, but 20 of them won't be eligible to play that day. The next game they would be eligible and it would be up to the manager every single day to pick those 30 players out of the 50. The minor league season is not going to happen. It, it's not official, but it's, it's highly unlikely, folks. So, that would pretty much mean if the Padres want Mackenzie Gore and Luis Patino to continue their development in a competitive atmosphere, they would have to be on a part of this 50-man roster, if you will. Now, the problem I think we have with that is there's not a spot in the rotation for these for either of these two men. And in at least in a traditional five-man rotation, as um, obviously Chris Paddock is number one, Denilson Lamette and Garrett Richards, they're very high on. Um, you also have Zach Davies as well. And then you'll probably have Cal Quantrill, Joey Lucchese, um, Mackenzie Gore, Luis Patino, those guys fighting for that fifth and final rotation spot. I don't think you're going to see Luis Patino or Mackenzie Gore dressed for a game to work out of the bullpen. The only time we're going to see Mackenzie Gore and Luis Patino dressed is more than likely the day that they're starting, uh, the starting pitcher, I should say. So, 
that is going to be difficult for these men to find a rhythm unless they find a spot in that five-man rotation. Now, obviously, spot starts are obviously on the table. Um, we have an opportunity where with Chris Paddock, who knows, maybe you want to give him an extra week or, or an extra five days and you start Mackenzie Gore um, or you start Luis Patino. But even then, if these guys are starting once every 15 days, it's difficult for them to get into a rhythm um, and it's difficult for them to really build on anything this year. Hopefully, it does not um, diminish their development. Obviously, injuries are a possibility, especially when you have guys like Denilson Lamette and Garrett Richards who have struggled with injuries in the past. You don't want to root for that. I don't want, I want Luis Patino and Mackenzie Gore to earn their starting spot, but it is nice knowing that if Lamette or Richards or someone else goes down, that they have these two guys that they can pull up and they can feel good that not only they're going to do well this year, but they're also building for the future because I think that's one of the biggest thing Padre fans want to see out of this year is improving with these young players. Um, there are definitely a certain amount of Padre fans who believe that they should be winning the World Series or winning the National League West. I think a high majority of Padre fans would be happy with you know, squeaking into the playoffs or just being competitive, being around 500. We're done with 70 and 92. Um, so hopefully the Padres... Um, we'll be able to do that. Will they, if they have to rely on Patino and Gore and they're able to still do that, that would be even better. But I do think it's going to be a tough situation for the ownership group um, or the, the front office, I should say, to decide what to do because there is a big elephant in the room with baseball and it's the service time clock, which pretty much means you have these guys for six years after their clock starts. Do you want these guys, this guy's, these guys' clocks to start when you might only pitch them 20 to 30 innings? I don't know if that's the case. The Padres have always somewhat erred on the side of caution. I know last year with Tatis and Paddock, they could have kept them down, but they didn't. But we sh we could see. I mean, look, these these kids are 20 and 21. There's no harm in keeping them down, but they don't have anywhere to develop because the minor league season isn't happening. That's the bummer. Moving on to the uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers, and I'm mainly going to focus on this offseason and, and the trade that they made with the Red Sox and really the how it's kind of blown up in their faces, if you will. Um, obviously, Mookie Betts and David Price were traded from the Boston Red Sox to the Dodgers in part of a three- or four-team deal. There might have been a fourth team, I think, actually. Um, at least three teams, I know that. The Dodgers ended up sending Alex Verdugo and Kenta Maeda to the Dodgers, or, or from the Dodgers, I should say. Verdugo goes to the Red Sox, Maeda to the Twins. Um, it was a deal that I thought was going to put the Dodgers over the top, and I still think it will put them over the top, especially even you can look past the Mookie Betts trade, um, who I think he might be the arguably the best player not named Mike Trout in baseball. And then you have David Price, who, um, I mean, if he's your number four starter, which where he pretty much starts, he's the number three or four starter for the Dodgers. That's pretty, that's better than any rotation in baseball currently. So they're set up well, but giving up Alex Verdugo um, and Kenta Maeda for Mookie bets that you're going to have for 82 games more than likely. Uh, David Price is still signed for another three years. But obviously no one could have expected everything that's going on. 
but I have to feel like the Dodgers and all of Major League Baseball will look at this trade as a loss for the Dodgers unless Betts can carry the Dodgers to a title this season. And that's a lot to ask. I mean, they already have enough pressure on themselves. Now this guy has pressure as well. So, as I said, Price signed um, through the next three seasons. He'll be making $32 million annually. That's that's a lot to the Dodgers, but they'll they'll live. Um, I do think there was some money the, uh, the Red Sox um, took back. So, probably not paying the full $32 million. But I will say, he did put his money where his mouth is. Um, he committed to paying every all 220 of the Dodgers minor leaguers an extra $1,000 um, to help them through this difficult coronavirus time. Um, I mean, I know it's very small compared to how much he's going to make this year, but for a guy who has yet to even play a regular season game for the Dodgers, for him to do that, that really shows a lot. And I do think that we're going to hopefully, that, that will be a... Um, that will start uh, a wave of momentum that way for some of these players who are getting paid a lot of money and They're taking a heavy pay cut this year if they do pay But they're still getting paid a lot of money that they're still being able to put their money where their mouth is to help um, the players in their sport that are Grinding to get to that level um, So that was awesome for him. I just wanted to throw that in there It's pretty impressive like I said that he hasn't played a game for the Dodgers and he's already doing that it's pretty obvious as well that Mookie Betts is going to be a free agent at the end of the year. The, uh, the Red Sox offered him a Manny Machado-type deal um, last year, uh, and he, he declined. He pretty much flat out said, I'm going to free agency. It doesn't matter what you offer me. I want to be a free agent, and that's his right. And he's going to probably be the highest-paid player when it's all said and done. Um, he might nestle right behind Mike Trout, but if he has it his way, he will be the highest paid player in baseball uh, history. And I think the Red Sox have to be a front runner. Mookie Betts absolutely loved his time in Boston, but it wasn't financially responsible for the Red Sox, who are kind of going through a, a rebuild right now, to keep Betts. Um, they get Alex Verdugo and lose Betts for 81 games. I think they'll gladly take that. Obviously, the Dodgers certainly can pretty much pay Betts whatever he wants. But I do think Betts is an East Coast guy, and I think that's where he ends up in Boston next year when they um, pretty much pay him whatever he wants. Probably gets up around um, $400 million, to be honest. So, with that, we move on to the Dodgers, I guess, regional rival, um, the Anaheim Angels. I will not call them the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. I think that's the stupidest thing ever. So the Anaheim Angels, they had a very busy offseason. They uh, signed the most sought-after hitter and the most sought-after manager. Anthony Rendon, the third baseman, coming off of a World Series with the Washington Nationals, has been brought in to add protection to the Angels lineup, notably for Mike Trout. Joe Madden, conversely, he's been the best manager in the game for pretty much this decade, this past decade, and even beyond, uh, before that, his um, really incredible success with the Rays and obviously winning a World Series with the Cubs, he's needed because he's perfect for Anaheim. A, because he learned under Mike Sosha, longtime Angels manager, and he was the bench coach for the Angels when they won the World Series. And this is an organization that has a very dark cloud over them. Last year, of course, unfortunately, uh, Tyler Skaggs, the starting pitcher, overdosed. And it turned into a 
FBI investigation, a DEA investigation, to the point where it was more than just one man um, or one player doing this. It was a it was a organizational cartel, if you will, almost. That needs to change, obviously. Joe Madden, I think, is the perfect guy to do that. I don't think that's his thought process. I think for him right now, it's him getting these players to get uh, what needs to be done on the field done, and everything else will work itself out, I believe. So, can this team compete? I do think they are a playoff team. However, I think they're the third best team in the division because it is so competitive. Um, pretty much everybody outside of Seattle has a chance to win the division. I think when it's all said and done, um, the Angels will, I think their record will be 45 and 37. Uh, it'll be good enough for a wild card, probably six or five, six or seven. But I do think they'll slot behind Oakland and Houston in the AL West. I actually think Oakland wins the AL West and uh, Houston is the top wild card. Uh, but the Angels should be right there on their tail if this team plays up and lives up to expectations as I expect them to. And, you know, going through all this, it was odd to me. It, in all the sports, there is an argument for who is the best player, um, period. You can make an argument in any sport except for baseball. There is not a single person on planet Earth who is taken seriously who, who can sit here and say anybody is better than Mike Trout. It's, it's not a valid argument. There's so much of a gap. But this guy, he's, this is, baseball is the only sport that the best player in the league, un, unequivocally, hasn't been to the playoffs in 10 years. This sport, every other sport, you got LeBron going to six straight... Uh, finals. Um, even when Durant, if you want to say Durant was the best, that's fine. He's going to the at least the playoffs. Harden, at least he's getting to the playoffs. Kawhi's winning championships. You got Mahomes. He's winning championships. Brady, obviously. Um, and then, obviously, in, in hockey. Ovechkin, Crosby. Ovechkin finally broke through. But even in their down years, they're at least making the playoffs. Mike Trout hasn't sniffed playoff baseball in eight years and even then it was three it was a three game sweep to the Red Sox so that's honestly a crime and the fact that okay well, crime might be a bit of a crazy word this time but it's it's bad for the game that Mike Trout the best player in the game is has been out of the playoffs for eight years hopefully it changes this year I think it will I think it would be good for the game of baseball and I think it would be good for all of Southern California if Mike Trout is uh, in the playoffs, but mainly it would be good for baseball because you need that face. Um, you need the best player in baseball to be the face, and not a whole lot of people could pick Mike Trout out of a lineup. And with that, folks, that's really all I have for you today. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Just a reminder, every single day this week, we will have something new dropping. Follow me on Twitter, um, at First Report, pretty much any other social media there is. Find me at First Report. Keep you updated on everything that the uh, ESBC Gambling Podcast is doing for you uh, every single day, something new. And then when sports get back, we take everything we've done these last three months and we turn it into money because this is a recession-free zone. We are here to help you make money watching sports. That's what I do. And, um, you know, Josh and Brandon and Craig and Raider Jim um, and Dr. Steve, everybody who's contributed, that's what we're here to do. 
Uh, really excited to get back into baseball. And, you know, I always tell myself, I'm not quite sure when baseball is coming back, but I know we're one day closer. So with that, my name is Brandon First, a.k.a. First Report, representing the ESBC Gambling Podcast Network. Take care, be kind to each other, wash your hands, and I'll talk to you soon. You can bet on that. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it is free. It's a podcast that I use, and they really do a good job for us here at the GFSN betting and team report podcast. It helps us make 70 to 80% of your bets. Now, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started, my brothers. Get brighter Ooh, child Things are gonna get easier